Yo, I'm Brandon Vessels, and this is Lazy Brain. Alright, so we're live. It is 11.41, and I'm just going through the Moments tab on Twitter, and the Trending tab, and just seeing what I see, and, you know, I'll have some comments on it. I feel like this is Lazy Brain, so there's not going to be a lot of thought into it. I just want to go over the day's events and see how I feel about it. First off, I'd just like to give a shout-out to Blake Griffin. I don't know if it was his first game as a Detroit Piston, but it is definitely his most memorable memorable game so far, if not the first game of the season. He dropped 50 points as a Detroit Piston. 15 assists and... Set, wait, no. 15 rebounds and 7 assists. I didn't have it pulled up in front of me, but... That is what happened. Good for you, Blake Griffin. The only thing I know about you in recent memory is the fact that you do a lot of game commercials. Which, by the way, what happened to that? The Gamefly craze? It was almost like the Netflix for video games and nothing happened. I feel like the Xbox stores online and like the ps plus stores and everything really took them out because i mean if you can just buy it directly i don't know i mean i still feel like there could be a market for that because i don't want to keep all that space on my hard drive if i could just get a hard copy disc of a game play it for a little bit and then get rid of it But then again, you still have to download the file anyway to play it, which that's something I hate. Why should we have to wait 20? Like, I I mean, one hand, yeah, it might be my fault that I have bad internet and it takes me 48 hours to download something. But maybe don't make me download something extra. Like, I miss the days of, like, the PS2s and the Xbox 360s times where you could just go buy a disc you know 20 bucks from GameStop plugged in and you're playing immediately I went back and I played uh, the Spider-Man 2 game on PlayStation 2 because I just found it luckily and still one of the greatest PlayStation 2 games in my opinion I also played it on Xbox 360 and GameCube which That's something that you don't see anymore, where you can play really cool stuff like that on multiple consoles. I mean, you do get some games where you can do that, but really, I mean, there's a lot, like the newest Spider-Man game, which is comparable to Spider-Man 2, you can only play on PlayStation, which really bums me out and is almost motivating me to sell my Xbox and get another console, which I don't even know why. I got this Xbox One S in the first place. I don't know if you're like me and if you have the same sentiment, but it seems like I bought an Xbox One S assuming there would be people who would play online with me. And then I come to find out that everyone has a PlayStation 4 or they have both and they prefer to use the PlayStation 4 because everyone else has a PlayStation 4 and uses it. So, I just have an Xbox One S that I rarely play. Maybe I'll plug in Minecraft if I'm feeling anxious. Which, I know that's a weird thing of me, but I just enjoy to play that by myself and listen to a podcast. So, if you're listening to this right now and you have a copy of Minecraft, maybe plug that in 
turn the volume down on Minecraft. You don't need to hear all that stuff. There's like weird monster sounds in it, which I don't not like listening to it because of that. It's not like I've. It's just that it's mildly annoying, and I would rather you know passively listen to something that isn't giving me any value to my life, other than the fact that it's giving me some entertainment. Very passive entertainment, which is what I love about audio. Um, yeah, I just want to get rid of my Xbox, and I don't even know what got me onto this tangent. I know I was talking about Blake Griffin, NBA, we're back at it. Next thing I want to talk about is Rajon Rondo. I've been following the Lakers very heavily the past few weeks because of Rajon, or Rajon, whatever you want to say. Uh, he's from my home city of Louisville, Kentucky, which, yes, it's pronounced Louisville, not Louisville or Louisville. It's Louisville. If you live here, you say Louisville. That's just the way it works. We all know you're not from here if you say Louisville or Louisville. Anyway, Rajan Rondo from Louisville actually went to the same church as my grandparents, and I sat in the same pew as him on a number of occasions, probably three times, but I did sit like three people away from him, so, I mean, take that with you wish, we're basically best friends, but, yeah, I've just been following Rondo, because I think it's interesting, I feel like for a long time after he left the Celtics, he just has been having a lot of trouble, but then again, I stopped following him after that. After uh, they won that championship and the big three left, I just, you know, after, like, I really loved that team because of Paul Pierce and, and Ray Allen. And I feel like he was an asset to the team. You know, he was a lot younger then. But after that, I just didn't, I don't know why I just didn't feel the need to follow him through the rest of his career. I think since then. He played for the Pelicans and then, you know, maybe one other team. But, or more than that, I don't know. I haven't been following. But now it is really cool to see him in a team or on a team where he can play a role where his knowledge is important and needed. And also with such a a large figure like LeBron. Like, it's crazy to think that, like, I, I, I've known, I didn't know him personally, but like I, I, some, you know, to see him be from an area that I'm from, be, go to the same places that I have and to do something that cool is pretty awesome. And I, it just, I've, I'm living vicariously through him because I, I feel like I have a connection. Anyway, I'm watching, I'm really happy for him, but it was crazy to me that he, had this thing with Chris Paul. Like, what happened, dude? Like, I get it. Somebody pokes you in the face. You want to throw a punch. But also, you gotta, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. I hear from some people that it was a good thing because, you know, in terms of just getting respect from people, you don't want to look like you can't handle yourself, you know. But on the other hand... He got suspended for three games for that. So, I mean, I don't know. 
you you being the valuable asset to the team that you are, the leader that you are, helping this rookie team, you know, get some sort of flow together, now you jeopardize three games of that, you know, which could, you know, honestly have been important learning experiences for the team, but now you're not going to be there. And also, Chris Paul is a friend of LeBron. You know this, bro. You knew this. And we all know this now after seeing what happened. They have that altercation, and LeBron grabs Chris Paul, and they walk away. And he, like, puts his arm around him, you know? He's not even his own teammate. So you scorn LeBron, the obvious face of this team, and you probably jeopardize yourself for next season, even if you guys make it to the finals. And that isn't even guaranteed. The game that you had this altercation with, and I don't know why I'm speaking directly to Rondo. It's not like he's going to hear this podcast or even care. But you jeopardize that. And you guys lost the first two games. The second game that you had this altercation with, you guys lost. So I think it was probably a bad move to, you know, get into that altercation. And also, if you guys didn't see this, there was a video on Instagram that really got zoomed in. And he might have actually spit on Chris Paul. Whether or not it was intended to happen, I don't know. But saliva was projectiled at Chris Paul's face. So, I don't know. Maybe Rondo was completely in the wrong. But also, he got a good left hook in, so... Just don't mess with him. Hopefully, after his three-game suspension, which I think it might be over with, it'll be alright. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it was a bad move. God of War creators share some of the game's noble glitches. That's weird. Drake surpasses the Beatles with most top 10 songs in one calendar year. Wow. Now, does that mean that the he's better than the Beatles? Or does that mean everyone's taste is terrible now? You may... Put your opinions in the comment section below. Not that there will be a comment section, but whatever you do on Anchor. With MIA at number 5 on the Hot 100, Drake extends his record for the most top 10s among solo males and earns his 12th top 10 of 2018, pushing him past the Beatles for the most in a single year, tweeted by the Billboard charts. Wow, surpasses the Beatles. Now, what does everyone else think about this? Are there any comments? Let's click on that first thing and see what some people tweeted back. Another Beatles record broken, King Drake. Athena Mani. Manny? Deserves higher. Hmm. That's really weird. I don't know how I feel about that. I love the Beatles. You know, I remember in high school, I thought I was really cool for discovering them, quote, because a friend told me about them. I was like, oh, this is amazing. 
and then you think for a little while that your taste is just superior than everyone else because, you know, they're not listening to the, to the deep, you know, meaningful music that you are. Drake is someone that I have always had a weird relationship in the media. Like, I, on one hand, I respect the hustle. I love the grind. He, like, he worked on this and he created a brand that facilitated this amount of success. On the other hand, it might be a little overrated and maybe his success is mostly because of the marketing strategy of it. I mean, for a while there was a meme, like he would, the little, where he was like sitting on a building, like that became a meme, like he does that a lot, he, he tends to use things as a meme to promote and get the, you know what I mean, like maybe it's, the music's not great, but like it, it's a little catchy, and it, and it culturally has a moment, and he capitalizes on that moment, and rides that wave to the next one, and I don't know if I'm okay with that, but also, I listened to Scorpion, and to be honest, there were more than one song that I listened to more than once. That song where he had Michael Jackson on it, it was amazing. They took that sample of Michael's vocals and made a hook out of it, and that guy's been dead for like eight, nine years now, so, I mean, that's amazing. I remember when I heard that song, I had gotten, I was on break at work, and I was really, really contemplating about just leaving, and then I turned on that song on the Scorpion album, and heard Michael Jackson on the hook, and I was like, man, I gotta go back in there, I can't, you know, I, I can't give up, I can't let Michael down, which doesn't even make sense, the song wasn't even like, had, it had nothing to do with it, but I, just the sound and passion in Michael's voice just gave me the, the, the strength to persevere. That was an amazing song. Or maybe just hit me at the right time. But anyway, Drake is very catchy. He probably deserves all of his success. And uh, I took a melatonin earlier and I'm really, it's not, it's not helping with my slurring of my voice. More than the Beatles. He's really talented, though. Like, he can do acting. He can do sketch comedy. You know, just really, he's able to do a lot of it. And I don't think people give him credit for that. And also, I saw him on that HBO show that LeBron has. And, uh... They seem a little too close. At one point, LeBron treated Drake like a son. And was like, now what did I tell you? He said, well, well, like he like stuttered. Like a guy answering his dad. Well, you told me that I can believe in myself and, you know, I can never let you down. It was something like that. Uh, it, was, it was a weird moment. But, I mean, if I knew LeBron, I would probably look up to him, too. Like, I don't think LeBron can't have a relationship with someone that isn't. Like, because you, like, you, to be that, like, dominant 
in something and be that successful, you just have to have that sort of dominant personality. Like, I don't think there's any other way. And that has to affect other relationships in your life. Anyway, I've been thinking about starting to make sourdough bread. But I I just, like, the, the initial feeding of this thing. So if you don't know, sourdough bread starts with this, like, yeast that you make yourself. So normally you might go to the store and you get a little packet of yeast, put that in some flour and some water, bada bing bada boom, you have some dough, you bake it, we eat biscuits. But with sourdough bread, I see a lot of videos where they just take water and flour, equal parts, they have some sort of scale. It's really, there's a lot of math involved. And if you can persevere and do this simple arithmetic for a week and measure all the flour out and feed it every day eventually after like a week or two you have a good starter yeast that you can keep cultivating and make loaves and loaves of bread sourdough bread which I've only had sourdough bread like twice and I kind of enjoy the funky flavor that it seems to have but I just don't, the I, like, you ever have something where the idea of doing it seems great in your head? Like, you picture yourself doing this, like, hobby or something, but the initial inconvenience of starting it is just slightly too much to do it. That's where I'm at with this, and I don't know if it's worth it. Maybe if anybody has made sourdough bread or has tasted it can tell me whether or not it's worth it for me to do this but i have been really thinking about it it seems really cool the bread you can put weird designs on it like it's a very like sourdough seems to be a very instagrammable bread whereas no offense wonder bread it's like very basic it's whack like i don't want to like if i'm scrolling through and i see a slice of white wonder bread or an artist artesian sourdough slice I'm probably gonna gravitate towards that it's just more aesthetically pleasing so that's why I'm that's why I would like to do it but maybe you know then I don't want all the carbs I don't know so yeah Speaking of carbs, I want to go keto, and I've tried it so many times, and it's like, there's that initial, like, week or whatever where you have the keto flu, and, like, when I go through that, like, my heart starts feeling weird, and I don't know if, like, it's a bad thing or if, like, it's a good thing, but I'm not used to being healthy, and that's what scares me. Like, either way, something is changing when I do that, and it's uncomfortable, and I don't know if I want to see that through like if that's what being healthy feels like I'm alright I'm good like I'm just I guess I've just been bloated and congested for so long because of all the sugar I eat that not having that just isn't my body doesn't handle it very well also been following Gary Vaynerchuk Vayner Vayner Vaynerchuk Vaynerchuk 
Vaynerchuk, Gary V. If you don't know who that is, you should get on it. That's why I'm even on Anchor in the first place is because of this guy. I've just been really captivated by him. And he said something that was really funny. It was true. But he said, I like the fact that 80% of my audience hates me at first. Which is tr- like true in this, for me in the fact that like when I first started watching him, I really hated it because the, the what he was saying was so true. The fact that like I'm being lazy and like I need to just do something with my time other than just passively... I mean, at the very least, doing this. Like, I'm going to be scrolling through Twitter anyway. Might as well talk about it and not feel so alone. And I kind of like doing it. I mean, the idea that someone's listening to this right now and they're getting even just the mildest form of entertainment is really cool to me. Also, who is that? Oh, John Batiste. He's so talented. That's really cool. Him and Nirmani. I don't know who that is. They have a picture. He just tweeted it. But anyway, back to Gary V. I'm really just... I'm really doing this podcast because he talked about Anchor and how audio is just going to be the next wave. Even if... It, like, it's honestly a wave now. But, like, it's really, really going to get in that space. Like, he was talking about the Alexa-type technology that's coming out. And it seems like every... I saw something for Bank of America. They have Erica. Get it? Like, because Erica is in Bank of America. They have their version of Alexa. And this, like, AI virtual assistant type thing is gonna get big. And people who are in audio, I guess may have a better door into that I don't know I don't understand any of it but all I know is I have nothing better to do and I might as well just be talking to you guys right I mean I like to talk and I feel like there's at least one person out there who doesn't mind listening while also doing other things so I might as well just document this and see how I feel you know Twitter did a really good job with like integrating the ads. Some platforms just couldn't do it. I think Snapchat is starting to get into it, but they're having issues. It was a long time before you saw integrated ads on there. I haven't even been on Snapchat in forever. I hear a lot of people just use Instagram stories. Recently, I did a big uh, social media like detox. Like, I deleted my Facebook, and, uh, you know, I deleted the whole account on Facebook, but also just deleted Instagram and Snapchat. Like, I didn't delete my accounts on there, but I just deleted the apps. And it's been helping a lot. I don't know why, but for some reason, I don't know if you guys feel this, but, it like, if I'm not trying to use Twitter or any of these platforms as, like, a means of like distribution like the way Gary V describes using it then I it like just it just it only causes me anxiety and doesn't give me any sense of like value there's no value in it if you're not going to use it like content distribution because 
if I'm not using it for that, then I'm just using it for, you know, mild stimulating entertainment that for the most part just gives me a lot of anxiety. Like even on Twitter, like I'm going through the moments now, I want to say like 60 to 70%, if not more, is just stuff that I just don't care to talk about. And if I did discuss it, would just make me anxious, which is why I just prefer to talk about sports and video games, cause like, and music, cause why, like, I don't wanna, I mean, there's a ton of stuff on here that just, I don't know, man. It's like, why are we even worried about this? But then again, you feel a little guilty, cause like, should I be worried about it? But what am I gonna do? I don't know. Your voice matters, but also, like, maybe there are better things to do. I don't know. I was watching this video earlier. It was called London Hacks, Being Homeless in London. And it was, like, a five, six-day series. And this guy was, like, there's a lot of these videos that I'm finding recently of people. It's almost like flip challenges or, like, try to take a dollar and do other stuff with it and make the most of your money and this one's similar in that the guy is just like has all these ways of you know of but it's different in this version because instead of like flipping the money and making more and like really prospering it's like this is just how to survive as a homeless person in london and even though there's like upbeat music and it doesn't seem really sad, there's been multiple points where he's just slept like outside and it's really bummed me out. But I'm also really fascinated because I'm in America and to see like him in London, like he, he started talking about oyster cards and I don't even know what that is. I, I feel like it might be a bus pass or something like that, but he was collecting those to to turn in for cash and then he used the cash to buy like 10 cent cans of spaghetti that he couldn't warm up so he was just eating cold spaghetti and like it was it was oddly like interesting but you know kind of depressing at the same time so I don't know if I'm going to keep watching but like homeless in London it's called the channel is London Hacks and this guy he seems really interesting. Uh, he has multiple channels. But go to London Hacks. Watch this video. His name's what? Toba. Toba Courage. I think on one hand this is good. Because it gives me more awareness onto like. People who are going through this. And how much of a struggle it is. But also it might give someone who is going through that. A little bit of hope. And maybe some help. Like. He was talking about local things in London, I guess, that like allowed people to get food and stuff. But I don't, I don't know if he's actually homeless or if he was just homeless for a week. Um, which, if he's not actually homeless, that is a little messed up because, like, he, as an experiment, like went to this shelter and got free food. And if, to me, I feel like that is a little weird. Like, if you have a home and this is just a video series for you. And you're going to take free food. Like, I don't know. It's like that could be given to someone who actually really, really needs it rather than someone who's just like 
let's try to do this. It's, I don't know how I feel about that, but it has like a couple hundred thousand views. So if anything, it might've helped someone out, figure out how to get some food and, you know, a place to sleep. So that's really awesome. But it's interesting also just to see, you know, like I said, just how, like the words they use, like there was multiple sentences that I just didn't understand. Like, I'm going to get some oyster cards and then buy some bread pudding with blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's, I don't know what half of that stuff is. Biscuits, but they weren't biscuits. They're cookies. Like here we call them cookies, but he called them biscuits. I don't know. I feel like a lot of other places have bland food. That's one thing. If you go on YouTube right now and look up British person tries blank or blit it, you know, and they, all those videos, I guarantee you most of them have someone from Europe drinking Kool-Aid in the wrong way. Like a lot of times they'll say, oh, Kool-Aid. And then they, you know, they have, a, they make the drink. They pour the whole packet of Kool-Aid into one glass of water with no sugar. And then they drink it and they're like, this is disgusting. It's like, yeah, you need a pitcher of water. And probably if you're anything like me, a good maybe half cup to a cup of sugar. I know people who put like two and a half cups of sugar in there and they stir it until that's good and, you know, mixed I mean, there's just, like, you can't have a whole pat. You know how sour that's going to be and strong of a flavor? And that always would make me mad when I'm not mad, but like, I wish I could like tell them, no, no, this is how you do it. Follow. And if, if anything, I think there are directions on the packet, but still, I don't know if the directions say to add sugar. I've never, like, I've literally only know how to make Kool-Aid because of seeing people making it maybe that's a cultural thing to like add a ton of sugar but just that alone would always like I thought I was really getting their true reactions but if you're not trying Kool-Aid the way Americans normally would drink Kool-Aid then you're not giving a true reaction to that because I feel like if they had the sugary Kool-Aid they might enjoy it more but then again they don't seem to have this fixation on sweets as we do a lot of the flavors in America tend to be very heavy. Like the chocolate is really, really sweet, but there, it has like, you know, a lot of them say that like Hershey's chocolate to them is very strong and not very good. So I don't know. Their palates are different. Anyway, that was, this has been 40 minutes, 31 minutes. So that was a good first podcast. It was pretty good. I was just me rambling for quite some time. So if you enjoyed it, come listen again. Maybe give you some topics, some feedback. You can send some messages. I'll listen to them. Maybe it could be about sourdough bread. Or if you're from London and you're listening to this, you know, tell me interesting things about that. I would love to hear it. As you know, a culturally ignorant American, I think that it would be super interesting to hear from people from another country, and, uh, yeah, I had fun, this was cool, um, it's great to, like, talk before I go to bed, I like that, 
because I'm about to go to sleep right now. Because it's 12, 12 a.m. When I'm, where I'm at. So enjoy yourself. This was Lazy Brain.